Hey guys, I'm Pete. And I'm Alex. And you're listening to the Kick Push Pivot Podcast. I'm a former Fortune 500 consultant dedicated to the idea of innovation and growth. And I used to manage marketing tours for the Rolling Stones, focused on creating one-of-a-kind customer experiences. On this podcast, we interview people faced with the decision to kickstart innovation, push through doubt, or pivot to something new. We hope you find something inspiring or encouraging as you listen. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Kick, Push, Pivot. I've got uh, a great guest today, Jeff Williams from Wellbridge Surgical. But before we get into introductions, Alex, my co-host, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Pete, and uh, good to be back. And thanks for all the listeners out there listening. we got a good one for you today. That's right. And I can't wait to introduce Jeff because Jeff has some innovative ideas on transparency uh, around the healthcare cost structure. So Jeff, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. So before we get into your personal story, Jeff, let's talk a little bit about Wellbridge itself and kind of the vision behind the business. And then sure. we'll kind of go deeper on who you are, how you got to where you are today. But uh, give us a little snapshot of your background and kind of the vision behind Wellbridge. Sure. Yeah. I think, you know, we've all been at, uh, at get togethers, whether it's family or, or uh, a party or something. And, and folks are talking about uh, some sort of health event that they've had and uh, that they keep getting bills. Right. And uh, they don't know where the bills are coming from. It might not even have the hospital's name on it. It might be some other entity. And they're not sure. Is this a scam? Should I pay this? You know, what is this? Um, what's my responsibility? And uh so you have those and you just kind of scratch your head as an entrepreneur and think, what, what is the why behind, you know, all the bills, right? So that's kind of, that's kind of where Wellbridge got started, honestly, um, was, was those kind of conversations and then kind of grew from there. Yeah. So you guys are a surgery center that, that kind of promotes kind of a radical idea behind uh, pricing and how you deal with physicians and self-funded plans as well. So what is your role in the company? Yeah, sure. Um, I am a co-founder of Wellbridge and I'm in charge of marketing and sales uh, for the center itself. So when you think of a radical idea, as you were saying earlier, you know, radical at that party and you think, you know, hey, why couldn't I just get one bill and and know what I'm going to pay for the surgery up front? Sounds pretty radical. Um, Not really that radical because that's how we consume in America. (laughs) It sounds normal, actually. And I think it's become a little (laughs) too radical, right? Right, exactly. And so, you know, that's what that's what we're doing. I love it. Yeah. Before we dive into the show, let's get to the most important part of the show, which is a good dad joke. Now, rumor has it that you love a good dad joke. I mean, we have to. It's what the audience really clamors for. They don't clamor also, for Also, I would knowledge. like to say, I don't know if it's coming from Pete or Jeff, but there's a lovely background music and it's, oh. it's playing in very well. Yeah, well, setting the mood is what part we do here in the show. Okay, it's very I important. I don't know actors. if that's coming from me. I'm looking behind me to see. I'm it's not probably sure. Pete. I think he's at a library or something. <laughs> okay, very peaceful. Well, very peaceful. Exactly. Yeah. I love it. Setting um, the mood. Absolutely. I mean, you have to have a peaceful environment when you work. I mean, come on, guys. That's the We're talking about billing virtual. here. So, yeah, we gotta, we got to calm down a little bit. <laughs> calm down. Yeah. Well, I mean, in the medical space, you know, dad jokes kind of abound. And doctors aren't always known for their sense of humor. But since you're on the business side, Jeff, I think we can go toe-to-toe here. Um, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. So, I've got one for you. What happened when the two lungs fell in love? I don't know, Alex. Do you have any ideas? 
I'm stumped. <laughs> wow, it was a very dramatic romance that took their breath away. <laughs> Boom. I, I, think, uh, I think there's a song behind that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And we could write it. A, yeah, I mean, we could. I mean, that would probably be a bad idea, but we could. <laughs> um, you have any good dad jokes for me, Jeff? I mean, you were kind of tempting me earlier. Yeah, yeah, I could, uh, I could go with a knock-knock joke. That works. All right, let's do it. All right, let's do it. Knock, knock. Who's there? Who's there? Smell mop. Smell, Smell mop. Smell poo. <laughs> exactly. Oh. <laughs> the kids love that one, so that's always a good dad joke right there. Yeah, I can see why you decided to go an alternative path in business because yeah. anyone with a sense of humor has got to have fun in life. I, I agree, man. You got to love what you're doing, right? That's right. right. We have a guest dropping some dad jokes now. That's I like. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Well, always, uh, so you haven't always been in healthcare, though, Jeff. So tell us, let the listeners get a sense for kind of where you grew up, sure. how you got into what you're doing now. What, what's kind of the journey to Wellbridge? Yeah. So I grew up in Indianapolis, Indiana. Still, still here in Indianapolis as well. So uh, moved away for college, but uh, brought back to to the Midwest here. And and so uh, I've just always wanted to own my own business. Kind of always wanted to be able to blaze my own trail, do my own thing. And uh, so started a company by the name of Spry about 20 years ago. And we're in a marketing and printing industry. And then kind of found out through that, that there is a, saw another hole in the market in distribution uh, and, and filled that market as well with a company by the name of Strong Fulfillment, uh, which kind of led me into 2017 when uh, my healthcare costs kept going up within my companies and had no real explanation of mm. the why behind why my healthcare costs were going up. And then, you know, the, the parties and the family get togethers that I was referring to uh, earlier and just started thinking about, man, there's a real hole in the market here uh, that we could fill. And that's kind of the, you know, where, where Wellbridge came into play. So serial, serial entrepreneur and uh, just, just love to be able to kind of combine business uh, with filling a hole in the market. And, and if that hole can be something um, good as well uh, that helps out society as a whole, I love that piece as well. Absolutely. Where'd you go to school, Jeff? Uh, well, I went to, uh, I, I was kind of nomadic. So I made, I made All my right. rounds. I made my like rounds, it. but uh, I ended up at uh, Olivet Nazarene University up in Chicago, Illinois to finish out my last couple years, played some basketball up there. Uh, and, uh, then uh, Point guard? Man, what was your position? Definitely, definitely. Okay. Uh, yeah, at six foot uh, in college, definitely a point guard. But I could, sh- I could shoot the three. I could, I could do some balling. <laughs> so, there we go. Yeah. I like it. Yep. So call, calling the shots in, in basketball probably gave you a good chance to kind of call the shots in business. So maybe it laid the pa- path towards uh, entrepreneurship. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But I always wanted to be the coach. You know, I could only do so mm. much point, point guard, right? Coach was always telling you what to do. So. Uh, it's even better to be. It's even better to be the coach. Right? <laughs> That's so. awesome. Yeah. Well, you know, tell us. You know, you mentioned kind of the background of how you got to where you are now, but share with us a little bit how you guys do this radical uh, piece of transparency and pricing, and why is that so important to people? Sure. Yeah. So you know that that journey that I was taking in 2017, where our insurance had gone up, like uh, I don't remember the exact numbers off the top of my head, but but easily into the, the 20% range, I think it's 23%. Um, and I was like, what, what is the deal here? Right. And, and you start to think about, well, who's really paying for health insurance, 
because as an employee, you sometimes think, hey, as long as I hit my deductible, I'm good, right? Everything above that is paid for. Well, that's, it's, it's true for you for that one, that one episode, right? But, uh, or that one event for that one case. But obviously behind the scenes, the, the, the business, the payer is also paying for the difference, right? And, and, and then because of that, your health insurance, when they come back for the next year for premium increases, they're looking at that and they're saying, okay, well, we need to raise your premium. So twofold, right? It's, it's your deductible for the employee, but it's also the, the payer, the, the employer, self-funded employer, that's also flipping that bill. And every single time those premiums keep going up, like in 2018, when we had a 43% increase. Oh boy. Sheesh. Yeah, exactly. And then um, to, in order to lower that, we had to take our deductible from 2,200 to 5,500 in order to get an 18% increase. Hey, yeah. thanks, uh, uh, yeah. 18%, great. Um, you know, why was that? And that that's because everybody has to be on the same page that healthcare isn't free and that that above your deductible, someone someone is paying for it and that's getting passed along in the same year. So in 2018, that was my first year where my employees at Spry had to start paying in towards the premium. Previous mm -hmm. to that, they didn't pay in. So, mm -hmm. so you, you can kind of see this and not everybody sits down and thinks about it, but there's a ripple effect, right? Mm -hmm. uh, to each one of those uh, cases and for the patient not to be empowered to make a good decision mm. in, in their healthcare journey. Hmm. Yeah, I think I think that that whole concept of taking ownership over your healthcare is very much lost on individuals sometimes. They just kind of sure. plug into an overall system that's been set up through employer. Maybe they just don't have healthcare themselves, which is kind of, you know, the reason the Affordable Care Act was put into place is to, you know, push healthcare to more people, but it's just made things more complicated in some ways. Right. But I think that the education and the understanding is something that either you take it on yourself or you change the system, which is sure. kind of what you guys are doing, right? Yeah. You can either complain about it or you can do something about it. Right. And that's what I decided to do. You know, I'm going to jump in on this. I'm going to try to problem solve it, see if there is an opportunity where, you know, someone, you know, just a couple, three Midwest guys can make a difference, right? And as we took a blank sheet of paper and built healthcare back up from, from you know, the base, you realize that being able to have transparency bundled in a bundled price and be able to put your full price, your full bundle price on our website and have it transparent for the patient to be empowered and to shop it is possible. It's just that currently the, uh, the current system doesn't want to see that because it, it wouldn't benefit them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so interesting to me that, you know, you with no background in healthcare or medicine or anything like that tries to take this on. Um, what are the challenges with somebody that has no background in healthcare, obviously taking on these behemoth type companies in the healthcare space? Yeah, um, that's got to be a daunting task. <sighs> Yeah, David versus Goliath for sure. Exactly. And so 14 months ago, you know, what I've described to date is all I had, right? My experience as a payer. Um, and so I just had to dive into the deep end. So my, I have a really good uh, team at my other companies and just said, hey, I'm, I'm out for six months. I've got to get this thing figured out. And I just started dialing. I started making phone calls and um, started, you know, with business owners that I already knew that were peers of mine. Um, talking to them about you know their experience, who who they're dealing with, who their who their um, TPAs are, who their benefits advisors are, who their insurer is, the network, um, and then just 
started dialing and just through conversations and, and putting everything together is, is how I've gotten up to speed. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's been drinking from a fire hose. I had mm-hmm. to, you know, I, I, had put, I had to put into a spreadsheet, all these acronyms, right? You walk into an industry you've never been in before and it's all acronyms, oh, yeah. right? Like we all know that. You got to talk the talk. You got to talk the talk. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna have to look up. I'm gonna have to Google after this call what this means. But right now I need to act like I know what that means. Right. (laughs) And uh, so, you know, 14 months later, so I'm up to speed and kind of understand where it's at. And it's exactly what we built, you know, is exactly what was needed and, and makes sense. Yeah, that's great. I feel like that's such a part of the entrepreneurial journey too. just, you know, somebody that sees a problem and goes after it, regardless of if they have any background in it, because the people that have the background in it and that are doing it currently don't necessarily want to change it because it's like, as you said, it's benefiting them. So it takes somebody that's kind of outside of that realm and not benefiting from it to, to actually make a change. Right. No, exactly. Got the, my two bi- uh, business partners, co-founders, Dr. M and Dr. Panicki, you know, they were in the system and fed up, but they knew the system. Right. And then you've got, you know, a wild card business entrepreneur, you know, that you mix in as really no clue. And it's a good one, two punch, honestly, the way I look at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you need to have both, right? You have the, sure. the content knowledge and the, the credibility of, of someone that's in the system, but you also need someone outside the system to be able to ask questions that may be dumb questions or seemingly so because you don't have the same level of knowledge, but they can also often prompt innovation. They can prompt pivoting. They can prompt all the things we love talking about in the show. Uh, so I think you're absolutely right. A good one-two punch uh, with a team like that makes total sense. Um, how do you get doctors to buy into this? I mean, it's kind of an idea that you just yeah. – you know, researched on your own and came up with and kind of looped in a couple of physicians. How did that go? Yeah, I think, you know, so, so both our co-founders are anesthesiologists. They're not surgeons, which surprises a lot of people. And so the key has been convincing surgeons that this is a good idea. I think from the standpoint of in, in any new innovative, disruptive piece, you, nobody, you're not going to get like everybody like jumping up and down, clapping and saying, you're the best thing ever. And we want to join you. Right. <laughs> just not mm-hmm. going to, it just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. And, and so, but what you have to do is you have to find those innovators in those ones that are fed up with the system and, and know it's not the future, those early adopters basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're not looking for the laggards, you know, with surgeons or businesses or anyone. We're, we're looking for the early adopters. And so actually, once you sit down and, and you describe our concept, um, the, the surgeons, enough surgeons uh, that, that we need, the, the number that we need have, have jumped on board, right? Not all of them, but the, the number that we needed to get started. So, Amazing. yeah, and, they, and they're super excited about it because they know that they know that there's going to be a change, that there's a bubble that's about ready to burst and they would rather be already in the flow of the change but before the, the bubble bursts. Hmm. But yeah, it's been challenging. Dr. Inman, honestly, has been the one recruiting the surgeons, so he knows that, that answer a little bit better than I do. But you know, from what I've been hearing from Eric and the surgeons that have already joined us. That's great. Yeah. So describe this bubble you mentioned and why is that so important to what you guys are doing? Yeah. So at least in Indianapolis, we have some, we have some of the highest, um, surgeon or, uh, surgical rates in the nation. So the RAND study, I'm sure you're familiar with that. Um, I, th- I think we're either four, I think we're fourth highest surgery rates in the nation in Indiana. Hmm. And so then when you look at the fact that Indiana ha- is, um, 
70% self-funded, meaning the oh, no employer kidding. is taking the risk, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a kind of a, a, a bad combo, right? Because our rates continue to go up for, for no apparent reason, and the self-funded employers keep having to pay that. And at some point, which we think that point is is here, they're, they're not going to continue to pay those rates. Mm-hmm. And so now for us, we can go out and talk to these self-funded plans and, and let them know that, th- that there's a choice, right? You can bolt on to your current existing plan, direct contract with Wellbridge and, st- and your employees and uh, the risks that you're taking on are, are both going to be a positive effect by that bolt-on. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 70% in, in your neck of the woods, huh? Is that, yeah. is that common in like your, the Midwest region or is that kind of unique? I think it's it. From what I've been hearing, it's it's by state, so mm-hmm. it just depends on on the state government and how you know legislation kind of plays out. But there are sure. definitely other states in the union that that are highly self funded, just like us, and we've got our eyes on those states for expansion. I am sure you do. Yeah. And uh, take a look at you combine that with the Rand study, and then you kind of get a roadmap of, of where Wellbridge is needed next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was actually my next question is where what's next for Wellbridge and where do you envision the company going from here? Yeah, I mean, we want to take this uh, to any place that needs it. So uh, we, we I often get emails. So does Dr. Panicki, Dr. Inman um, asking, will you will you come put a Wellbridge in um, Scottsdale, Arizona, which mm. I would be totally down with just for the record. <laughs> Scottsdale's uh, nice. Scottsdale's nice, yeah, especially this time of year compared to the Midwest. So, um, and we've had other uh, uh, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. We've we had a request come out, come out of mm-hmm. there. I said that's that's not bad either. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, things are looking up for Wellbridge number two and three, and and where you might interview me next. So, ah. uh, <laughs> there you go. But uh, but yeah, and you get to select where they go. So you're like, I want to I want to put it in a place that I actually want to be. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Indianapolis is a great town. Don't get me wrong. But uh, but there's some other really cool spots, obviously. But yeah, yeah, no, we're 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 gonna try to put as many of these up as we can, and try to make as big of an impact as we can um, for healthcare in the United States. Our you know our ultimate goal is is to empower the patient right. um, and create a free market where, you know, they can be empowered. And so we, we really believe that, that competition is where it's at and mm-hmm. competition breeds better care and better pricing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think we're all on the same page there for sure, at least uh, on this show here. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's interesting yeah. you mentioned uh, some of the uh, places that you have in mind because that's also a theme we've actually noticed on some of these shows where sometimes yeah. the entrepreneur looks at the business opportunity, but he also looks at the kind of big picture of what does life look like at that location of the country or that area um, sure. of, of a city. And they actually kind of, you know, they hedge the business side with the personal side and find a way to make, make them meet in the middle. So it's not a bad idea. Not bad, not bad. Yeah, I've decided all of my future ventures are going to be in Maui. So (laughs) I'm going to have to take a lot of business trips out to the islands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I prefer Kauai, but you know, hey, we could we could be neighbors, right? North Shore, Hanalei. You know, I don't I don't know about a surgery center, but some other business uh, need uh, and helping all that. Fishing. We'll do, we'll do some go. fishing charters. Yeah, sounds good. I love it. Hey, Alex, let's do that, man. Let's let's take that offline. There you okay. go. Hey, don't tempt me. I'll do it right now. I'll do it yesterday. <laughs> okay. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. So tr- full transparency, uh, 
first time I met Alex, he was wearing a handlebar mustache and a Rolling Stones um, black long sleeve tour shirt. So I think it's not that big of a stretch to put him into board shorts. Yeah. No, it sounds- oh, absolutely not. That's the only thing I'm working for is to wear board shorts every single day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make that a reality, Alex. Let's make that a reality. <laughs> we can make that well, That's happen. good. You know, one of the things we'd like to end the show on, Jeff, is a nugget for the audience. And I know sure. you have kind of unique background being the medical and the business side, kind of entrepreneurial um, mindset. You know, some, a lot of people in the audience, they'll, they'll be entrepreneurs themselves or even people in the healthcare space. So do you have any thoughts, any like things you wish you knew getting into this or things that you've discovered uh, that you'd like to pass on to the, our listeners? Yeah, I think uh, that's a great question. Um, I, I think even even in these times, 2021 was a rough year, as you can imagine, trying mm-hmm. to get a surgery center open uh, during us, the like biggest supply chain nightmare of potentially our, our you know, history, the history of the world. Um, and just the, the tough moments that happened, um, chasing this dream, you know, you hear it a lot, but I've been reflecting on that quite a bit is, is like, you know, when you're in those valleys, it, it, you just got to keep on moving forward. You know, I'm just Mm -hmm. such a believer on following, you know, your passion, following what you love and, and fighting through those tough times. Cause every single time I've had one of those just terrible entrepreneurial valleys where I'm like, who am I and what the heck am I doing here? Uh, but I, you know, I bear down and, and run, keep running through those walls has always been good on the backside of that. And so, um, you know, so those times where it was so rough and then thinking about our first surgery, uh, our first surgery here um, at Wellbridge, uh, our receptionist uh, quit after one day, uh, and so uh, and during training, basically, I'm not sure. Annoying. I'm not sure what we did to scare her off, but I'm actually friends <laughs> with her, so uh, it's all good. But uh, so, guess who had to run the front desk day one of Wellbridge? Right, <laughs> right here, baby, uh, right here. And uh, so the patient uh, walked in, and they ended up uh, that they were business owners. And just right when they walked in the door, it was a husband and wife duo. The wife was saying, I am so glad you guys are here. Thank you for opening this. This, this has made a huge difference for us mm. um, because we didn't know how much it was going to cost previously. Nobody would tell us. Um, they'd give us some rough numbers. And, and your surgery was reasonable, fit within our budget. And I just know it's going to be a great experience. So, so thank you for building this. And it was just kind of that moment where you're like, man, if I hadn't have just like dug deep and just gritted and grinded it out and, and hammered through that wall and gotten to the other side, I wouldn't have been able to make a difference for that family. And we just continued to have those kind of stories coming out of the experience here. My, uh, I had uh, the receptionist at my dentist office. Want, she always wonders what I'm up to. She's like, what crazy things are you up to, Jeff? I said, hey, I started a <laughs> surgery center. She said, hey, <laughs> I need a surgery. And, uh, you know, she called me up a couple days later. and was like, thank you so much. That was such a concierge feel. Wow. You guys just were so great. And, and so just, you know, my nugget is just don't give up on your dream. If you, and if you think that, that whatever that dream is, is going to make a difference, um, it's, it's going to be well worth well worth the fight. So cool. Like so cool. And so, I mean, it's, you often hear that genius is simple, right? And it's just like, why, why does this have to be so complicated? And then you just coming in and simplifying everything, 
straightforward pricing and surgery. Like it's, right. it's a, it's, it seems like a no brainer, but yeah, just simplifying that stuff just usually makes such a big difference. It's really cool. Sure. Thank you. I appreciate it guys for sure. Well, thanks for coming on the show and, and sharing your background, the story of WellBridge and kind of the mission you guys have to make health care transparent. If people want to learn more about WellBridge, where would they go? Yeah, just go to wellbridgesurgical.com. That's our website. And then on there is uh, our phone number. And honestly, we're, we're, our, our slogan is call WellBridge first. So if, if you're needing surgical care, and it doesn't matter where you're at in the country, give us a ring and we'll be able to, you know, at least guide you in the right direction. I mean, we have folks traveling in from all over the country. I think we're five states deep right now. Uh, And so people are coming to Indy to have their surgery, to be able to have that transparency and and to be empowered. So yeah, Mm. just check out the website, give us a call and, um, and, and we'll help you from there. I love it. Very good. Well, that ends our show today. Any other final thoughts for our audience, Alex? I just wanted to thank everybody for listening. Um, and thank you, Jeff, for being on the show again. It's been great. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Let's keep those dad jokes going, right? Let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone, uh, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on also all of our social medias. And we will see you next time. Thank you for listening. Be sure to follow us on Facebook at KPP Podcast. If you'd like to be on the show or know someone who would make a great guest, feel free to reach out. Hope to see you next time.